Hola, mi amigos. It is I, your commander-in-chief. You're listening to the Home Dogs Podcast. Sitting alongside me tonight, my uh, partner in crime, he's back and better than ever, Mr. Jesse Dehoff. Jesse? Como estas? <laughs> Senor? You ever seen the uh, K-O-R-S? Uh, uh, well, it was on Saturday Night Live where they were like, K-O-R-S! <laughs> no. You know what K-O-R-S means? Nope. It means what time is it? And they're like, is it is a Spanish soap opera for people who barely speak Spanish? Oh, yeah. <laughs> KRS. Yeah, Fred Armisen. That was, great. that was great. And uh John Sally was in that one and Cedric the Entertainer. And mm-hmm. so so how you been, my friend? It's been been a been a long damn time. <laughs> been a minute. <laughs> minute B. So uh So what you want to talk about? <laughs> how you been? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been a minute. Like uh it feels kind of weird sitting in this chair. It feels like, you know, visiting home, you know, you go off to live on your own, and then you come back, and it's like nothing's changed, but you still feel out of place. Yeah, so you were gone for th- uh, a couple weeks. A couple, three weeks. A couple, uh, three. Uh, big news. Uh, I had a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you, uh, you, your wife gave birth to a daughter. A daughter, but in in this climate, current climate we're in, we're just gonna go with a a person. <laughs> a person, yeah. Yeah, non-binary. <laughs> yeah, no, beautiful baby girl doesn't look anything like me. Thank goodness. But if you did, look weird. People are still telling you that they do, right? She is. She looks just like you. Oh yeah, she looks just like you. She's got your smile. It's like just, <laughs> <laughs> just have any teeth. That's so patronizing. I hate that. Crap, man. She does this one thing though, where like she when she moves her face, it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so uh, last <laughs> time you were here, we were talking about uh, our predictions for Le'Veon Bell, where he was going to sign. You were right, and uh, I said the Jets. You were right, and uh, you I, said I, what? You said the Ravens. The no, Bears. I said Eagles over the Bears in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> A few months before that. Yeah, but that's just some some bull crap. Some li- so yeah, Le'Veon Bell. It was so obvious. It's I mean, I mean, credit to you for calling it. But it's like, why didn't I see that coming? That's such a Jets move. No matter who's running that team. Well, that and they had eight hundred million dollars in salary cap space. No, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what was I gonna say? Oh, so f- real quick. Uh, I know we're supposed to talk football, but uh, did I tell you that my uh, I got the final four right? Did you? Did yeah. you really? You picked Auburn. I picked Auburn, yeah. And Michigan State. Yeah, people said it. Auburn, Vir- I said, I'm telling you, this is Auburn's year. <laughs> and uh, Virginia. Yeah, Virginia. Your, um, University of Virginia. Oh, uh, that was. So I was listening to something about. I still haven't watched the highlights of the, you know, me alma mater in Virginia. Just a mm-hmm. heartbreaker. But I uh, was reading about how. Purdue at that point had like an eighty-eight percent chance of winning the game, yeah. and they uh, they chose the analytical route of foul on. Mm-hmm. It's like I didn't realize that you didn't tell me that that they decided to foul when they're down by three. Well, I like that choice. I lo- I love that choice, but you know, <laughs> you gotta get the defensive rebound on the free throw you got, and get the gosh darn rebound. Gosh darn it! So and then they hit this rainbow buzzer beater. It's like if that guy shooting that shot, you tear his arms off. <laughs> Oh, I'm so bored. <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk football now. Amen, brother. Um, Bruce Pearl, I'm telling you, he's he's up to no good. He's up to shenanigans. <laughs> Are you, gonna, you think they're going to vacate this entire season? Absolutely. In three years? At some point, they will. So he's uh, but you know, then he'll go to let's see, Tennessee, Auburn, mm, what Vanderbilt next? 
Vanderbilt, oh, did, you know. did you hear who Vanderbilt's talking to? For is it Jerry Stackhouse? Jerry Stackhouse, the stack. Stack man. So, all right, let's talk football. Incredibly, <laughs> incredibly inefficient scorer. <laughs> yeah, let's talk football. So, um, yeah, I was right about Le'Veon Bell. Um, I told you Odell Beckham would get traded. Eventually. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> we got to talk about this uh, Kyler Murray NFL draft. What a mess. BS nonsense. So, um, right now, the Cardinals are in full – full-fledged BS in mode. I, I hate the NFL. I, like, I, I can't stand leading to the draft because all you have is you have agents and coaches and general managers just putting all sorts of crap out there that's just, yeah. you know, yeah. bull, just some bull crap. And, I trade uh, my next season's entire draft for that guy. Yeah, so right now the Cardinals are the number one pick. They, uh, you Every day you hear, like, oh, yeah, they're definitely going with Kyler Murray, but they're bringing in Nick Bosa for an interview. And... <laughs> And now you have the whole Josh Rosen thing where they supposedly have him on the trade block. And according to uh, Fox Sports, this is Joel Klatt, the Chargers, Patriots, and yeah, Patriots, and the Giants are the three teams that have shown the most interest in Josh Rosen. So, can you imagine? Yeah, I can. But uh, neither none of those teams are wanting to give him a first round pick. The Cardinals are steadfast and they're longing to get a first round pick for Josh Rosen, supposedly, allegedly. Um, Oh, what do you make of this whole situation? Do you think the Cardinals are just uh, blowing smoke? Do you think they're just trying to... If they are... Trying to get someone to trade up for Kyle Murray? If they are, it's like faking the moon landing. You'd have to have so many people in on the conspiracy. So isn't Josh Rosen wanting to be traded too? So I, you'd have to be in on it. Well, I haven't heard anything from Josh Rosen, but okay. But this this poor guy is getting put through the ringer, and it's like... Yeah. No, no, don't worry, Josh. We're going to stick with you. <laughs> Can you just say that? <laughs> He's got so much talent, but Cliff Kingsbury, what, what did he do? Didn't he finish? I mean, he didn't have a stellar coaching record. No, he was a, I, he, he had a below 500 record at Texas Tech. He was the offensive coordinator for Johnny, Johnny Manziel at Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. So, so he's, got, he's got the name and the ego, I think, to really just ship Josh Rosen off to anywhere he wants. And yeah, Well, pick. this isn't a Cliff Kingsbury thing. This is a Steve Kine thing, the general manager of the Cardinals. And he, uh, So last year they trade up. They get the 10th pick of the draft. They draft Josh Rosen. Um, they bring in Sam Bradford for some reason. Sam Bradford stinks the joint up. Josh Rosen with his... Like Kirk Cousins. Yeah. <laughs> so Josh Rosen um, goes in, I believe, in the second game, and he he he's okay. He shows, you know, at times he looked like he could be a pretty good quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think he's just going to be the best quarterback of the draft. But, mm-hmm. especially if he goes to the Patriots, you know it's going to happen then. But, so, um, <laughs> Josh Rosen didn't really play too well. The team sucks. The Cardinals have no talent out there. Uh David Johnson had a terrible year at running back. Offensive line wasn't any good. And Josh basically Ro- all the worst parts of the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, Armageddon. So um yeah, so now that now the you know, they bring in Cliff Kingsbury, now they have Kyle Murray sitting there at number one and everybody's, you know, ooing and on over. I I'm like, he's played one year. Yeah. And, and he's he, like five seven. I was gonna say he's like smaller than you. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the Isaiah Thomas of of uh, football. <laughs> Yeah, so, that was funny. He told me the other day. It's like, he's shooting around with Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the Kyler Murray center, number one, the Cardinals are, you know, they don't want to draft Kyler Murray and have him and Rosen both. Obviously, that's going to cause problems. But um, they don't want to have two first-round pick, first-round quarterbacks in back-to-back years on the team. So 
what they're what do you think's going on right now with the Cardinals? Do you think because I, I have a theory about this. I all right. So I think it's a long story short, but really it comes down to if they can get a good haul for Josh Rosen, they will absolutely ship him out of town and blow dodge. They'll ship, <laughs> blow dodge. They'll ship him out of town and bring Kyler Murray in. Yeah, I. Uh, you know, I think that a lot. Of this is all about you know this guy Steve Kime hired Steve Wilkes, fired fired him after one year, and he brings in this uh, you know, this offensive genius supposedly. And I you know I he doesn't want to just give away Josh Rosen for you know a second round pick and then picking another quarterback. So what basically what you're doing is like okay we got the tenth pick of the draft last year, we picked a quarterback. Now we traded him for a second round pick and. uh you know, we draft Kyler Murray number one overall, and we we start all over with this new quarterback, and that like that's you know that's a lot of egg on his face. You know, he also got arrested for a DUI. Do you remember that? I do. So yes. So it's like this guy's just in, you know admitting like I, I whiffed on a head coach, I whiffed on a quarterback. Mm-hmm. If he does this, so I ultimately I think they're going to stick with Josh Rosen. And I think they're going to draft. Uh, maybe I, I hear what you're saying. I didn't mean to cut you off, but maybe like. The problem isn't all these pieces. It's the person putting these pe- picking these pieces up and making the decisions about getting rid of pieces and picking up new pieces. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, and like Kyler Murray, I think he's just I – don't, I don't get the hype about him. I mean, he's – yeah, I got otherworldly talent, but at the same time, he's small. He – you know, he wants to be a pocket quarterback, and like the size thing, I just can't – you know, even like Drew Brees, you saw what happened to him at the end of the year. He struggled, you know, with his size. Mm-hmm. And now you, Kyler Murray's going to, you know, his instincts are to run when he gets in trouble. He's going to break out, get hurt. It's just, you know, I, I don't understand why the Cardinals would would draft him number one overall. And if they can trade that, get, I, I think they're trying to, you, you know, con somebody into trading for that number one pick, getting – like the Raiders, for instance, and getting like the number four pick and getting another first round pick or getting another second round pick and just adding pieces. Cause I, you know, what, what are they going to put around Kyler? If they do draft Kyler Murray, what are they going to put around him? They don't have, you know, Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 30, 37 year old Larry Fitzgerald. And, mm-hmm. and they also got Terrell Suggs. Is this <laughs> like, is this like, um, Oh man, I'm trying to think of like a veteran-laden team that just went. It's like the Colts three years ago. Yeah. So, so this is the, like this is just you know taking over the NFL right now. No one knows what the Cardinals are going to do, and mm-hmm. supposedly they're saying they don't know what they're going to do yet. They have they're still um, trying to decipher between all the pieces. But when you play in a, a division with Russell Wilson, Jared Goff, and Jimmy G, as we call him in the biz. <laughs> uh, don't you want to get like, you know, pass rush you to line up with Chandler Jones and mm-hmm. you know you get a, a Nick Bosa or you know, you know even a, like a Quinn, no, I don't know about Quinn and Williams but like a Nick Bosa a Nick Bosa right there and like Josh Nick Allen, Orleans. yeah yeah Josh Allen's great but Nick Bosa I think it's just a, it's just the safe number one just safe pick at number one and like stick with what you did last year like don't you know. Don't just you know shoot the breeze. Yeah, but at the same time, you know what a sunk cost is, don't you? Yeah, where you just put so much into something and it's like absolutely no good. Yeah, it's <laughs> like you know it's like waiting. In, it's what, like going to a restaurant. You wait like forty five minutes to get to get in. They're like, 
oh, it's going to be 15 minutes longer. And you're like, that's it. I'm going somewhere else. And you spend 45 minutes finding somewhere else. And it's like, so that I think if the Cardinals do decide that they're going to draft Kyler Murray, understand that that first round pick that you wasted on Josh Rosen, that's a sunk cost. You're not going to get that back. Just trade the guy, get a second round pick for him if you can. And, Preferably, don't send him to the Patriots, but the Giants. Preferably, yeah. The Giants uh, supposedly really like the Giants really like Rosen, and they're just not willing to move move uh, with one of their first round picks. But if you were the Giants, would you trade that seventeenth pick of the draft for Josh Rosen? I would trade seventeen seventeen <laughs> picks in the draft for Josh Rosen if I was the Giants. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I mean, yeah, absolutely, I would. Yeah, hundred percent. I think, uh, you know. So right now you have the the Giants obviously looking for a quarterback. Um, the, there's rumors of them trading for Dwayne Haskins. Supposedly the Giants are falling in love with him. But I heard a rumor yesterday, and she's not a rumor. Like the this is coming from like the Giants brass. They are considering giving Eli another contract extension. Have you heard this? <laughs> Wait, when was that released? April Fools? No, it was a couple of days ago. Well, a couple of days ago, it was April. No, there he has one year left in his contract, and what the Giants are thinking about doing is basically the Blake Bortles thing, where they want to extend his contract because if he comes out and he has a, a good year, then what? They, then instead of signing to an you know an extension, they're probably going to end up having to franchise him, and they want to avoid that. So they they're they're talking about like extending his contract a year or two. Oh, I love like, it. You gotta this, love it, man. This is this is getting out of hand. <laughs> like the Giants have like Is this like a like the Kobe Bryant situation? Like you pay you overpay a guy for his last couple seasons? Maybe like thank you. Maybe, but Kobe Bryant was box office at least. Like no one's going to the stadium to see Eli Manning like throw five yard outs, you know, here and there. Yeah. And like the thing with Eli Manning is he's like you know, he's not mobile at all. He's a statue in the pocket. He doesn't want to get hit anymore. Like, the dude is worth $200 million. He, you know, doesn't want to get take the hits. Mm-hmm. So, and you're seeing in the NFL what's happening with these quarterbacks that are not mobile at all. No. And, you know, these teams are just teeing off on them. They're able to handle, you know, these quarterbacks can't handle the blitz like Eli Manning, who's got less mobility than I do. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it's just like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, you, you, you're going to kill Saquon Barkley. You can't hand the ball off to him like he's freaking Nelly from the longest yard, you know, <laughs> 20, 30, 35 times a game. Well, you see where uh, Saquon Barkley said he likes Colin Kaepernick? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, I know. It's just like one of those things. It's like, why is this even being reported on? I did see that, though. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, why not? Like, <laughs> you keep Eli for you know, four years past, the, past his prime. Yeah. So, um, obviously, uh, the Browns continue to make moves. They traded uh, – I can't even pronounce his name, but Ugaba, uh, Ugaba, defensive end. Uh, oh, to, they did. They traded him to the Chiefs, uh, I believe, yesterday for uh, for a safety. I can't remember the safety's name. but uh, Let me look it up. Tra- yeah, they traded him to the Chiefs. So, uh, the Browns at this point are – what do you what do you make of the Browns? Because yeah, I know you're all about Baker Mayfield, and the, the last podcast we did, uh, <laughs> Odell Beckham got traded to the Browns, and we were like we were just floored, and it was amazing. Um, so yeah, we're talking about the Browns here in a little bit when we get to the these win loss. <laughs> this is ridiculous. This Cleveland Browns hype, but I'm all for I'm all for it, buddy. So we need we need a little bit of hype in the NFL. We need new stars, new stars. So. Uh, 
big news uh, last week, the NFL. The Cleveland Browns traded defensive end Emmanuel Ogba to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs announced the trade and said they would send safety Eric Murray in return. Yeah, Eric Murray. So, um, you know, Eric Berry. Sorry to interrupt you. No, Eric Berry's still available. The Chiefs cut him. Like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to, like, you think he just, how long before he ends up with the Browns? <laughs> like, or, or the Jaguars. You know, I was thinking, like, this has nothing to do with anything, but I got to tell you. So, um, this whole thing with Tyreek Hill and all these allegations against him, can you can't you see like in 2019, like Tyreek Hill in the you know because of legal troubles he misses the season, and um, because of that like the you know the team struggles like Patrick Mahomes last year struggled like the last five or six games without Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. Can you see a situation where the Browns like <coughs> don't achieve expectations and? Like John Dorsey's like <laughs> on the phone with Andy Reid trying to get him in the get him in the Cleveland. I mean, it's one of those things where, excuse me, <coughs> Patrick Mahomes. <coughs> Patrick Mahomes, I don't think child. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, I don't think is the guy that can grind twelve wins out of a team. Well, I mean, just the point is like, how long before uh, John? Because John Dorsey's literally prying everything and every body away from Kansas City. Like, how long before he's, you know, picking off the carcass and taking Andy right. Reid and right. taking like, you know, he's in there prying the prying the seats out of Arrowhead Stadium. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, uh, so the draft draft coming up in three weeks. So we have no idea who's going number one. Um, you've been following the draft at all much? Lately, <laughs> any more pronouns you want to yeah. use? Yeah, um, not really. I just like we talked about. You and I talked about the Josh Allen phenomenon. No, 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 no. You own the Jets, baby. I'm like now. Well, now supposedly the um, I've seen a lot of mock drafts where they're talking about the Jets and the Giants having to trade trading the third and six picks. Yeah, swapping those so that the Giants can get uh, Dwayne Haskins because a lot of people are thinking the Raiders are going to draft. Quarterback number four. It's like the Raiders are not drafting a quarterback number four. You no, you, don't do that. You <laughs> knuckle draggers, like <laughs> you nink and poops. Like, uh, and by the way, John Gruden. Like I, I've heard, like Kyler Murray, and uh, I think Kyler Murray is the only quarterback he would draft in this draft. Okay, as far like you have Derek Carr, who had a pretty good season for you last year, but John Gruden falls in love with quarterbacks, like you, you know, fall in love yeah. With? So anyway, like Mountain Dew, <laughs> but it's like they're going to go defense, and I think he's just going to stockpile talent. But like you're hearing all this stuff about the uh, about the Raiders and trying for Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins, and they like Daniel Jones, and he likes this guy, and he likes yeah. that guy, and it's like it's there. There's there's a point where okay, you got the Arizona situation where it's like they're using one guy as a smokescreen. John Gruden's like every he, I like every guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like man, I can't you know you're too obvious about it, John. Well. I was. I started to say this a second ago. So at the winter meetings last week, uh, the owners approved a one-year trial period for the new pass interference challenge. What do you think about this? So now I love it. Now the coaches will be able to throw the flag. Yes. Uh, when they feel the refs missed a pass interference call. I love it. Or they feel like the pass interference call was called, and you know when it shouldn't have been. Now I can't wait for um, the inevitable when now. And <laughs> for the inevitable, when they review it and they still miss the call, and the uh, coach just like you know red as a beat, getting angry. And Sean Payton keeps coming out there, and he he keeps being like on the forefront of this whole thing about you know we just got to get the call right. And it's like 
you don't shut up about this whole like, mm-hmm. like it's over with. They were better. They were better. Right. And like you guys, you guys. I mean, I hate the Steelers, but boy, did you guys work over the Steelers in that you know second to last game of the of the year when the Steelers just got a hose on like two or three pass interference calls. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm uh, when at first when I heard about this, I was like, absolutely not. I don't want I don't want this because I thought that uh, the officials would have to throw a flag in order for it to be reviewed. And it's like now it just means that oh well, let's just throw a flag, you know, and, you know, yeah. when all else fails. And so now that's not the case. And this is a one year trial period. The owners will reconvene to uh, assess how the the new rule did in the season. You know what I'd like to see was that. All right. In high school, we had a, a game, and it was bad weather. Tackle the guy with the ball as hard as you can. <laughs> yeah, because he's a, a jerk. So the refs got caught up. Something happened. The refs couldn't make it to the game. So the opposing team had parents that had refing experience, so they ref the game. <laughs> so can you see? Can you see in the future where like? You know, both teams get to like put up their own own guys to ref games because they're both so dissatisfied. Yeah, <laughs> the, the NFL owner just being like, I, I don't trust anybody. I, I want my own guys to be refing these games, and I'll I'll let one of your guys ref the game too. <laughs> Boo! Boo! I just love, I love responding that way. Boo! So, yeah. So you uh, you like the I like the I like the new rule too. They mm-hmm. they voted down the. Uh, Proposed fourth and fifteen, like it's too in, gimmicky. Yeah, instead of an onside kick, they would have been able in the fourth quarter. The team had the opportunity one time to con- to complete a fourth and fifteen, which is mm-hmm. it's just redundant to call it fourth and fifteen. It's like yeah, you have like just you need fifteen yards. It's and like where would the ball be put placed on the thirty yard line? Yeah. So I like where they kick off, mm-hmm. but it's like I, if you're Frank Reich, you're taking it every time. <laughs> yeah, but it's not it's not fourth and fifteen though. Yeah, it's you know it's wow. it's first and 15 and you, there's no second down that would just get on my nerves when i heard oh, there's gonna be a fourth and 15 it's like mm-hmm. <sighs> you know what i i'd like to see a rule change it has nothing to do with the nfl if you say what i think oh never mind <laughs> <laughs> you know i'd like to see um i would like to see in college football the overtime rule where they're starting off the their own 25 yard line and just scoring into infantitum yeah and then they keep those statistics you know for actual like you know, 780 yards passing. Mm-hmm. Oh, the game lasts five hours. <laughs> anyway, so I digress. Uh, yeah, I digress. Um, yeah, so there's a. What was I going? I was just getting ready to ask you something. I Rule just, changes, and we talked about flags. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I I, I should have wrote this down. I can't remember what it was now. It's um, okay. It's okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So the rule changes. Um, uh-huh. Well, let's see. Was there another rule change that they proposed? Oh, yeah, Andy Reid. Uh, what do you think of this whole uh, overtime thing? Andy Reid's wanting to propose how both teams get the ball in overtime no matter what. I love it. Oh, God. Are you serious? <laughs> I, I hate overtime rules. You have – like, you really want both teams to get the ball? Yeah, why not? Because you have 60 minutes to win the game. And then – Tom Brady rips the your heart you, out. Yeah, you get a stop. You had like four third and tens, and you not if Tony Dungy's your coach. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I, man, I, that drives me crazy when like we go. It's like you at home. All you do is get one stop, and you couldn't do it. And now you look. Our, so now our defense sucks so bad. We're gonna take away the. Uh, you know, it, basically, like, we don't have to worry about having a great defense because we're just gonna outscore them and. You know, 
I don't want to come down to a coin toss. We have to stop somebody. Take it easy, buddy. I've got a family. Oh, my gosh. It's just ridiculous. I'm so, I'm like, I was always the one that's like, in the past, and they're like, oh, a coin toss wins the game. You just kick a field goal. It's like, <laughs> it you have, have 60 minutes to win the game. To win, win the game. I'm just saying. I just, I, it's one of those things where it's like, mm-hmm, I agree. <laughs> it's just one of those things where I'd like to see both teams have an opportunity to do what their good Lord put them on this earth to do, and that's score the football. Yeah. Um, do you believe that? Um, More than likely. <laughs> in a game that they should even be winners and losers? I think. <laughs> are you uh we're all winners in my book <laughs> you're, you're you're just running around giving everybody water and making sure everybody's okay <laughs> water boy listen that's just one of those things where you look at overtime and it's just frustrating to see one team have the ball and i do like the fact that a field goal doesn't win an initial possession anymore i do like that it's it's getting better but I would like to see both teams get the ball. I suppose. How about this? Would you be a good compromise? Uh, just a one ten-minute period. I've been saying that for a long time. Compromising for pussies. I'm a compromising fool. No, I'm serious. Would you would you be willing to say let's instead of a fifteen-minute goofy scoring system, let's do one ten-minute period? No, because, no, because it, what's going to happen? Like the Patriots had a 13 minute drive in that game. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen when they don't, when they just run the clock and, Oh, but that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> no like, one will ever, not everybody will, no one will be happy. Not everybody will be happy. <laughs> I'll tell you what, buddy, I'll give you another try at that. <laughs> 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 not everybody will be happy. You can't satisfy all folk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, some, some of us were, <laughs> some of us were blessed. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I completely disagree with you. I think the overtime rules are uh, ridiculous. So, um, well, I'll tell you what. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break. That's, uh, that's kind of the uh, current events. When we come back, we're going to talk about a little bit of gambling, NFL gambling. Uh, the, you know, the Vegas people, <laughs> Vegas has released the over-under win totals for 2019 already on April. They released them yesterday on April 1st. So, even before the draft, we got win totals. We're going to go over uh, what we like, where we where we see value. Uh, we're back to traditional home dog style, baby. Talking Vegas, talking uh, talking gambling, talking value, baby. Talking value. Home dogs. All right. We'll be right back. And we're back. You were listening to the Home Dogs Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Nicholson. Sitting alongside me, nobody important. So, <laughs> so uh, Jesse, Vegas released yesterday the over-under win totals for 2019. We Thank you, Vegas. We've got, uh, we've got gambling to talk about again, baby. So uh, win totals for the 2019 season, even before the NFL draft. This is actually really, really rare. They usually don't release this until at least after the draft. Does this mean the draft class isn't going to have that big of an impact? Well, well, no. I mean, they, I, I'm, ta- I'm sorry. It's not the draft. They usually don't, they never, they don't release the win totals until after the schedule is released, usually, which mm-hmm. is around like the second week of April. So here in about a week or two, we'll be able to dissect the NFL schedule. So uh, looking at uh, the win totals, over-under win totals, any uh, any ones you see that you see value in that you the Colts, <laughs> the, the Colts. Oh, of course. So the Colts are uh, at over under nine and a half wins. Um, I I agree with you. I think that's 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 way too low. Oh, not not way too low. I mean, I feel like ten and a half would be a better win total. Like, would you wouldn't you say? 
What's um, as far as what? I feel like ten and a half is a better would be a better. Oh, ten and a half would yeah, ten and a half you'd have to think about because yeah, the AFC South is that belongs to belongs to us next year. Uh, you know the Jags and Titans and oh my, <laughs> so yeah, the, I, I like the Colts and uh, over nine and a half. But I'll tell you, my favorite one is the Houston Texans at under eight and a half wins. Um, they, this is your favorite one. My well, one of my favorites. I don't know if it's my favorite. I you know. But here's the thing: is that the Texans were one of the luckiest team. Well, not one of the the luckiest team in the NFL last year. They should have been like eight and eight, nine and seven at best. They ended up finishing the season eleven and five, win the AFC South. Now, guess what? You get the first place schedule. So listen to the, listen to their road schedule next year. The Texans, they play obviously the Colts, Jaguars, and Titans on the road, and then the Chargers, the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Bucks, and the Saints. That's their road schedule. I just, I'm in awe. That's that's one in seven right there. Mm-hmm. Assuming that the, well, no, no, not even one, not even the Bucks. You know, it's like with Bruce Arians there turning Jameis Winston into a competent quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Texans are. I honestly like six and ten like seems conceivable in their home and at home they get the Falcons and the Panthers and Patriots Raiders and Broncos and obviously Colts Jaguars and Titans yes so you have the Patriots Falcons and Panthers at home um, you are have a situation where they haven't the Texans haven't addressed their offensive line this this offseason like at all and, and why is that? Is it because the Raiders took everybody? I, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I guess the Texans didn't want to spend the money in free agency, and they're probably going to look to do it in the draft. But you had a situation where Deshaun Watson got sacked like 56 times last year. Yes. And there's no way he can make it through another season like that. Their you know, running game is just okay. And you know they lo- and they're going to get uh, Fuller back, obviously. But they... Like you can't put Deshaun Watson through another season like that. There, and there's no way with that brutal road schedule. Holy smokes! Mm-hmm. Like you, you want to, you want it, you got it, Mister. <laughs> like you got a first place schedule. So yeah, Chargers, Chiefs, Ravens, Bucks, Saints. Ah, oh, it's a murderer's <laughs> row, man. So, and, yeah. and, and you can't make you any happier if you're a Colts fan. No, yeah, like the Texans are six and ten next year. They're they're or right now anyway. I know it's just April, but. So I like the Texans under uh, under eight and a half. That's that's really good. I see a lot of value there. So any uh, what else do you like? Man, well you you had mentioned you put me on the spot. I can't. I, I just I don't even know all the teams. <laughs> I'll tell you another. I'll, I'll tell you another one. Uh, the Bears under nine and a half wins. You're gonna take the under on that? Yeah, yeah. The Bears are still quarterbacked by Mitch Trubisky. They once again they will have a first place schedule, and. They're not going to sneak up on anybody this year, and that I like in the NFL. It's very hard to to you know have you know continued success on defense. Like as far as what they Bears were able to accomplish last year, mm-hmm. they lost uh, Adrian Arian Amos or whatever. I know, Paul, how do you pronounce it? His last Amos, their starting their star safety. He's Rosetta Stone for names. Yeah, and uh, so they're they're not going to be as Good defensively as they were last season, I don't think, and it's still it's still Mr. Trubisky. They lost Jordan Howard. Now they got Terry Cohen, obviously, but like, do you expect Mitchell Trubisky take much of a take much of a step? And now you have Aaron Rodgers coming back healthy. Mm-hmm. The Packers are much improved. The Vikings are going to be improved along the offensive line. So you're, I feel like all, the Bears go into the season like bare minimum, like the third best team. 
Matt Nagy's a good coach. He's a good coach, but they got rid of that Cody Parkey. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Rodgers uh, is going to be back. He's going to be healthy. He got got rid of Mike McCarthy. Like this is a bounce back year for Aaron Rodgers. And I, I, I nine and a half wins, dude. Like that's a great that's a great value. The Bears are they're totally nine and seven next year. You know. Okay. You can't. Do you not see that? I don't. No one ever accused you of having a vision. <laughs> So let me throw some other ones off. Uh, was, well, uh, nope, 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 nope. I was gonna say the Giants at six. Um, Lord knows what they're gonna do in the draft, but you know, the, take, I'd take the under on six with that one, especially talking about Eli Manning getting an extension or anything, anything absurd, anything out of Twilight Zone. Uh, I'm immediately regretting this decision on the Bears. Listen to this. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> I done told you. Their uh, home schedule. Obviously, the Packers, Lions, Vikings. They get the Cowboys, Giants, Saints, Chiefs, and Chargers at home. Their road schedule, obviously, Packers, Packers, Lions, Vikings, and then the Eagles, the Redskins, the Rams, the Broncos, and the Raiders. <coughs> so, we'll see how that works out for me. I, uh, I mean, I mean, the Saints, the Chiefs, the Chargers, Cowboys, like going to Chicago. Be interesting mm-hmm. to see, you know, you saw what happened when the Rams went to Chicago last year and they just smashed uh, Jared Goff. Yes. But, yes. Yes. So you're talking about you like the Giants over six? No, 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 no. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. That team is a mess. Uh, Golden Tate can only win you probably three games. I'll tell you what, the Dolphins right now are uh, five, over under five wins. They're going to stink on ice next year. They're going to be awful. They got <laughs> they got Ryan Fitzpatrick, quarterback. Like they're, they're tanking. Like they're, and right now you look at the uh, AFC East, you know, obviously you have the, you know, the, the evil oh the the evil empire and then you have the Jets that are much improved with Sam Darnold and you know, Sam Darnold and Josh Allen two young quarterbacks who are going to be getting better so like just you know two three franchises on a completely different path than the Dolphins and the Dolphins are just like nobody gives a crap so no. um, I think uh, the Dolphins are two and fourteen one and fifteen like they're going to be bad next year really bad so you're all over would you put money on the under on the Dolphins because five five wins is pretty pretty low you know it's you know what's funny and we every year when people make their like their predictions at the start of the year it's always the worst team's five and eleven and the best team's eleven and five it's yes. like no, the teams go to you know win one or two games. Like there's always a few teams that suck and they don't win any. Like in the Dolphins, are going to be a situation where they're going to be, you know, the Bills, the Jets, the Patriots. You know, all three much better teams than the Dolphins are at this point with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. Yes, and um, yeah. So they're just and they don't want. They have no incentive to win right now. They have no no. You know what? what I mean, what do they? Yeah, they got rid of Ryan Tannehill, and they, you know, the the whole what tank for towel or whatever next year. Everybody's talking about the terrible towel. Everybody, <laughs> everybody's already, uh, yeah, getting. I just, I, yeah, this whole tanking for guys that are, I wouldn't say unproven, but they're not like Andrew Luck levels of pro- being a prospect. So the Dolphins have um, the obviously the three NFC East teams. They have the Ravens, the Bengals, the Chargers, and the Eagles, and the Redskins at home. Okay. So the Redskins are going to suck too. <laughs> and on the road, they have to go to Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, Dallas, and New York. Play the Giants. So yeah, two and fourteen. I'm taking the under on that on the five. They're, they're going to be bad. And then like Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, you know the Zach Taylor. Then 
no, he's the coach at Cincinnati. Um, Dave Flores, the coach of the Dolphins, like you know, he you know he <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick's out there. He's just going to get killed, and he's like not going to improve anywhere. He's going right. to just send him out there. Oh, you got a concussion? No. <laughs> You're a smart guy. Figured it out. Oh my god! So yeah, the, a, a guy like you with a concussion is like just a regular guy operating normal. Yeah. So the Dolphins are going to be terrible. Um, what uh, what do you think about the the, the Bills signing? You have Frank Gore and Chris Ivory and Lashawn McCoy. They have three running backs that combine over like over a hundred, a hundred years old. It just reminds it reminds me of like the Raiders and their aging roster last year. Bringing in Marshawn Lynch, it's like you're gonna milk some positivity out of that lineup. But it's like, man, I can see all three of those guys getting hurt on the same drive. Yeah, but I could also like if you know. If you, all three guys are healthy, let's say the the Bills are seven and seven two mm-hmm. games ago, and they're in the wild card hunt, mm-hmm. and all three of those guys are healthy. Like at that point, like he's like, yeah, they're older, but like you have the Frank Gore who's mm-hmm. ageless, he's timeless, <laughs> he's gory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have Frank Gore. You have and, and like that'd be that'd be a pretty uh, good three headed three headed monster. Go with Josh Allen who rushes for 180 yards every game anyway. Truth. Truth. So um, the Bills uh, sit at uh, over at six uh, six wins over under six wins. I'm I'm taking the over on that. I like the over on that. I think that obviously Josh Allen. They've got a they've got a you know they made some improvements along the offensive line. They've gotten you know Cole Beasley and John Brown. I'm, I can't wait for the <laughs> Josh Allen running around and just chucking up to John Brown. You know once a game. It was <laughs> like the old. Uh, J.P. Lawsman, Lee, Lee Evans connection. Jeez, what a weird team. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, I, I I love the, you know, the Bills obviously have that stingy defense, and Doug McDermott's a, or Sean McDermott's a good coach. Heck yeah, man. Um, Not as good as Matt Nagy. No, Matt Nagy, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> so, uh, the Browns at not over under nine wins, I'm all over, uh, all over the under. Oh, come on. You, like, what? Are you being you, serious? With all that talent, Freddie so, Kitchens. So at nine wins, what do you think they're going to get that by? What week ten? Week eight. T <laughs> <laughs> talks them into giving up. Yeah. Um. So no, yeah, but you you really like? What do you, you think the Browns are going to win ten games next year? I am going to frame this piece of paper. I am. Um, we're, we're taking notes on the over unders. Well, <clears throat> you. I mean, you really, you really, honestly think they're going to win more than nine games? Steelers are a mess. They're coached by Mike Tomlin. Ravens. Ooh, you say that now, but that's exactly when that's when they win yeah. at games. Uh, the Ravens defense, they blew it up, and then they bring in uh, Earl Thomas, who come back from a broken leg, and they got um, Jackson, a quarterback, and he can't throw the ball accurately past like 11 feet. Yeah, the Ravens are going to be – they're not going to be able to sustain that. Mm-hmm. Um, quit banging the table. <laughs> oh, sorry. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> and you got the Bengals. Sorry. Yeah, you're not gonna. The Ravens aren't gonna be able to sustain that all season long. The whole, you know, running 800 times a game. Like, so there you go. There's so, six wins right there. But the Steelers, the Steelers are gonna be are gonna be great. Are gonna be great next year. They're gonna they're gonna win the division. It's gonna come. Oh, I just hope it'd be like the Steelers and the Browns last week of the season. Both teams nine and six. Mm-hmm. And you see Baker going to Pittsburgh and just get slapped around by the. It's like, oh, what do I do? Do I root for the? You know the Steelers and Ben Rosper are the giant, are the biggest douchebag in the world. Vote for the biggest douchebag, and uh, he's going to eat a giant Pittsburgher. 
in uh, Pittsburgh. Or no, do you really not? I mean, come on. They have they have continuity finally with that coaching staff. They have a guy who's he was a coach by seven games. <laughs> continuity. He wasn't even a coach. <laughs> continuity. Like the the owner is not embroiled in any more scandals as right now. This is like this. The, this is setting up so bad for Cleveland fans. They're gonna. Cleveland needs. They're gonna end up. Odell Beckham's gonna be public enemy number one when. Whatever. How disappointed would you be? Like, oh, breaking news! Uh, break, pay, Baker Mayfield tears ACL out for season. Uh, bring back uh, Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you mark my words. Halfway through this season with the Cleveland Browns, Kevin Durant's going to be talking about going to Cleveland. Well, yeah, dude. I mean, <laughs> what they're doing in Cleveland's, and you know, it's nasty. Best, what's, what's best for his family? Yeah, right. So yeah, so speaking of the Steelers, they're at eight and a half wins over under eight and a half wins. I'm taking the over on that. Yeah. I love the Steelers over eight and a half. The Seahawks are at eight over under eight and a half wins. Um, you know, Russell Wilson has never won fewer than 10 games in a season. And he's never missed a game either. Yeah. So like eight and a half, that it doesn't make any sense to me. Like they, like they couldn't have been like, look at that team last year, how young they were. And Russell Wilson basically carried them to the playoffs. And mm-hmm. so at, like with that home field advantage, like they, let's say you go seven to one at home. They just have to win two games to get to nine wins. Like I'm the uh, Seahawks at eight. Uh, you just give them like an eighty-five percent win percentage. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm saying the Seahawks are like eight and a half wins. Like I said, they go seven to one at home with that home field advantage, and then they just win. All they do is win two games on the road. Mm-hmm. Bam. Yeah. Bam. Bam. I so, would. I would definitely take Seattle with the over on that. Um, San Francisco is at at over you know the over under eight wins i'd love uh, the under <laughs> uh saints are at ten and a half wins i don't that's i'm not, that's one i'm not touching um one that looks kind of compelling here the cowboys at eight and a half wins mm-hmm. it's like what's uh, compelling about that well because they had that incredible finish of the season uh dak prescott looks like amari cooper just totally turned his uh career around yeah. and all of a sudden you know zeke elliott and the moves they've made, bring back Jason Wynn, like it just seems like nine and seven's not you know, nine and seven's very uh very doable. Just yeah. like uh <laughs> and you look at their division, you got uh, you got the Redskins, you got the Giants, you have uh the Eagles. So, you know, there's like, you know, four or five wins right there. Well, you know, the Eagles, uh Carson Wentz will be back. They got for a couple games. Yeah, they got Jordan Howard, they Deshaun Jackson, the Eagles are gonna be Sean Jackson's still in the league, guys. Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be Eagles are gonna be pretty good next year. Um the Titans at eight and a half wins. That's you know, the Redskins at six wins. Let's say no touchies. <laughs> no, no, no gives these backsies. Yeah, I wouldn't touch these at all. So the Chiefs are at ten and a half wins, the Chargers are at, Chargers at nine and a half wins. So I was listening to something today and they were talking about how uh, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, something to watch is Tyreek Hill in the situation with Kansas City, because if he misses the season, like I think that you have to you have to put make the make the Chargers the favorite in the AFC West. It's like you think, <laughs> <laughs> duh, you dink. You like you you know take Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt away from Patrick Mahomes and his second year as quarterback. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, the Chargers, the the team, you know, the base of the second best team in the NFL last year. Yeah, they would be the favorites. You know, the team that went into Kansas City and beat them. Um, one team you haven't really brought up yet, or maybe you did and I missed. I'm sorry, but the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at six and a half. Yeah. Yeah. You got Bruce Arians coming in to coach that team. Um, tons of talent still. 
Tons of talent. Tons Where? of talent. At the quarterback position. We're going well, to be talking about them here in a second. We, we, and we will. But, yeah, that's a. I think that's one to look at. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I think uh, this is a – you have to remember that the Bucks play in the AFC South with a Falcons team who's going to be getting – you know, he's going to be back and healthy. And Matt Ryan, who was, you know, maybe had the best season of all the quarterbacks last year, even though they were terrible – uh, the Panthers, you know, they're going to be back healthy. Like the Saints, obviously, are the Saints. So the AFC South is going to be tough. And the AFC South play. Who? Let's me see the Bucks schedule here, because I know that. Yeah, the Buccaneers. I'm. Not, I, I think they're going to be. Uh, they're going to be bad again. And this is going to be a year for Bruce Arians to evaluate. I mean, he's going to see what he can do with Jameis Winston. And if Bruce Arians can't do anything with him, then nobody can. Mm-hmm. But the Buccaneers, they play obviously the Panthers, Saints, and Falcons at home. And then they get the Cardinals, the four, oh man, the Cardinals, the 49ers, the Giants, the Texans, and the Colts at home. I tried to tell you. And then on the road they play the other than the three divisional teams, they play the Rams, the Seahawks, the Lions, the Jaguars, and the Titans on the road. Not yeah, they I, I can see the Bucks going eight and at home and <laughs> oh and eight on the road. <laughs> They're perfectly mediocre. <laughs> so <laughs> The the Redskins is we haven't talked about the Redskins yet, but what, I mean, what's to talk about? What in the hell are the Redskins doing? They signed Case Keenum. They bring him in. And he's like, he he's like Alex Smith without, you know, he's like he's like a poor man's Alex Smith. You know, Alex Smith's an A minus. He's a B plus. And now right, you got right. you bring back Adrian Peterson. He's like thirty two years old, thirty three years old. However, he's, old a, is. he's the oldest thirty three year old in the history of. Community. The Redskins have no have no like big time receivers, no big receiving threats. Pierre Garçon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, and uh, inside joke. Yeah. Um, right, other than Ryan Kerrigan, not much of a pass rush, and they go out and sign Landon Collins to eighty five million dollar contract. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest boner, exactly. of a, boner of a move. Yeah. So the Redskins boners. So Packers at nine and a half. I like the Packers over. Uh, yeah, but man, it's so much fun to look at these one over, these over unders for the season without without knowing you know who these teams draft and all this other stuff. The Cardinals at five and a half. Uh, would you have, what would it take for you to bet on the Cardinals either way over under? Sorry, I'm watching a. <laughs> you want to? Oh, it's uh, it's Barstool Sports. They had Tom Segura on talking about UFC. What was what was your question? What would it t- <laughs> yeah, what would it take for you to bet either way on the Cardinals over under? Oh my gosh! Either the over or the under because you can see. Um, give me the under on that. Uh, give me the under on that. I mean, not 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 with mo- not with real money. <laughs> no. But- <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. No, but for real, what would it take for you to bet on the Cardinals either way? Somebody else's money. <laughs> what would it take for you to bet on the Cardinals with your money? Oh, what? Oh, so what would be an enticing number? Yeah. Um, I would say four and a half. Oh, so one whole one. That, that, that wasn't funny at all. No. <laughs> I, uh, what, what are you thinking? Like six? Well, no, I think that um, I think the Cardinals are uh, have the potential to be very – to be a lot – they have the potential to be a lot better – but if they like you, Kyler Murray, that's Come kind on, of son. that's kind of wild card move where they like he gets some like four or five wins, you know, but you know only plays nine games and they end up finishing six and ten, so they're like picking eighth in the draft next year. Again. Right, right. So, um, yeah. So 
yeah, we you know we we done okay. The Raiders is six and a half. No one knows what what the hell the Raiders are gonna be. Yeah, six and a half. Give me a freaking break. Like Derek Carr could win six and a half games by himself. Yeah, but they didn't last year. I mean, he wasn't by himself. <laughs> <laughs> he should have been more by himself. So the Falcons had uh, nine. Their over/under is a nine wins for the Falcons. So they're expecting obviously a bounce back year for the Falcons. Was looking at this, the Packers are nine and a half. The Bears are at nine and a half. The Vikings are at uh, nine and a half. It just shows, like, right now, like Vegas has no idea who what to make of the uh, of the NFC North. No. Um, same thing with the AFC South. Man, the Jaguars are at eight. The Titans are and Titans and Texans are eight and a half. The Colts are nine and a half. It's These like are just like circling the wagons. <laughs> nobody circles the wagons. Seriously, like the like the who. Like the, the Titans? Bills. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, you got to, I think you mentioned the Rams at 10.5. I mean, that's just a high number. I mean, you look at all the big hitter, heavy hitters, New England at 11.5. You mentioned the Saints at 10.5. It's like all just obvious. Yeah, they'll more than likely have the overs on those. But and The Lions at 7. Like I'm, I'll take the under all day on that one. Yeah, the Broncos at 7.5. I think the Broncos are going to be a lot better. They're going to have a... A kick a, a kick a offensive line and <laughs> ace Mike Munchak coaching the offensive line. They're gonna be a lot better of that rushing attack and you know Joe Flacco airing out to Emmanuel Sanders. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun in Denver. So I mean obviously that defense just Miller and Chubb getting after it. <laughs> Do you like so yeah Mike Munchak coaching that offensive line? That's kind of an underrated under the under the radar. Extremely under the ra- yeah he's one of the best in the NFL and they're gonna yeah they're gonna they're gonna win eight or nine games next year and they're gonna compete for the playoffs and you know Joe Flacco's gonna do some 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 silly things but right so all right so you have any any other things here you see that you wanna on this. You want to poke or prod? Yeah. I, I, I got the Jets over at the six and a half. I think the Jets are going to be. You think they're going to be all kinds of nasty? Yeah, I think the Jets and Bills both have a potential to be eight and eight or better. So, And then that's that's coming from me. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Take that to the bank. Right from the horse's mouth. Um, better yeah. the mouth. And I What was say, the other? I, I love saying like, you know, I, uh, I got it from the horse's mouth, so I didn't feel the need to communicate with the horse's ass. <laughs> All right. <coughs> so, well, is there anything else you see here? Nope. Nothing that sticks out in my mind. Oh, well, that was uh that was our uh again, what, what do we call it? See here uh I get the gambling minute, the uh the Vegas uh the Vegas truth, the um Nevada the Nevada what are you <laughs> ding? <laughs> The, Atl- the Atlantic City assholes. <laughs> 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 there we go. That's, that, that sticks. Right. Do you know that in New Jersey, you're not allowed to pump your own gas? Tell the story. Uh, in New Jersey, you're not allowed to pump your own gas. The end. <laughs> yeah, so. That's ridiculous. Yeah, F you, Jersey. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, let's take another break here. When we come back, we are going to talk about what was the 2018 seasons for the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers finishing out the NFC South, uh, going over everything that happened with the Saints and the Bucks, and uh, obviously the, what ended in disappointment for both teams. So we will be right back. You were listening to the Home Dogs podcast. And you're back. 
and better than ever. You're listening to the Home Dogs Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Nicholson. Once again, sitting alongside Jesse Dehoff. Jesse, you ready to talk some uh, some pirates? <laughs> yeah. <insane. laughs> so so uh, we're going to finish out the NFC South tonight. We're going to recap the 2018 seasons for the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So let's start with the Buccaneers. So... Start with your Buccaneers. Yeah, Buccaneers. <laughs> so the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were quite the story this year. They, uh, Jameis Winston, the franchise quarterback for the Buccaneers, came into this season. The Buccaneers um, exercised the fifth-year option for Jameis Winston for it was like sixteen point eight million dollars for two thousand twenty. So yeah, or two thousand nineteen. I'm sorry, and. Um, but he came in this season. He was suspended three games by the NFL for groping an Uber driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like you know, what's the what's the world coming to? It's like Steve Carell's character, Michael Scott, in The Office. He was in an improv club, and he said, "The girls hate him. It's a blind guy. I call him Blind McSqueezy." <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of McSqueezy, have you, are you hearing all this stuff about Joe Biden and like how he's just like giving Eskimo kisses and stuff? It's like <laughs> rather hear it than feel it. Good grief! And he, yeah. So anyway. Um, the Buccaneers start the season off with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback due to Jameis Winston serving a three-game suspension. They start the year off in New Orleans against the Saints. So every year, without fail, week one, there's always some crazy, some crazy game that no one sees coming and just you know blows everybody away. Last season was definitely the Buccaneers and the Saints. So Fitz magic, Fitz magic. The Buccaneers go into New Orleans week one and. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick lights up New Orleans. They called him. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. I don't know how long we're going to go with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you know, you, never mind. It's too easy. Too easy. So <laughs> Feed us, feed us. Um, first game of the year, 417 passing yards for Ryan Fitzpatrick. He had, uh, let's see, I believe four touchdowns in that game. Just the, the stuff, the, the, real, the real nasty stuff. And all of a sudden, everybody was like, holy crap, where did this come from? So, um, obviously, uh, Tampa Bay, despite the fact that they don't really have a running game with Peyton Barber, they have Mike Evans, who I think is the most underrated receiver in the NFL. They, uh, O.J. Howard, um, Adam Humphreys, they had quite the the, uh, semblance of talent on offense. And that first game, and not to mention Deshaun Jackson, so mm-hmm. week one they're playing in Saints and I don't, I don't know if we were watching that if we were watching games week one or not but it's like you're just Heck oh yeah, the but the Bucks receivers wide running wide open again it's like for guys I forgot the sakes can you hit somebody <laughs> but yeah Ryan Fitzpatrick drops four touchdowns that first week he was twenty one for twenty eight mm-hmm. with fourteen point nine yards per attempt fourteen point nine that's uh it's like Dan Marino that's 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 magic right there. Fitz magic. So anyway, so they they start the season off after you know they beat the Saints in New Orleans and everyone's like, uh, wow, this came out of nowhere. So week two they go back home. They face the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, Fitz magic continues. He goes twenty seven for thirty three in this game. Those were four hundred and two yards, four touchdowns, one interception, and all of a sudden Ryan Fitzpatrick is everywhere. The Bucks are two and zero. Oh. They've got this high flying offense. It's just 
killing dudes. Killing dudes. We swallow dudes, man. <laughs> and uh, you couldn't go. You couldn't like literally. All you heard is like Fitz Magic, Fitz Magic, Fitz Magic. It kept pretty old. I wasn't cheering for his downfall, but I wasn't not cheering for it. Either. <laughs> he was like, you have this thirty-five-year-old quarterback, or however old he is, mid-thirties, who's playing so well that decide they're not going to go with their. You know, Jameis Winston, who they invest the number one pick in the draft for, and all that, all those millions of dollars. Real quick, before I forget this, so I was, you know, Josh, this whole thing with Josh Rosen, if a team trades for him, do you realize how much money they'll owe him? Can't be a whole lot. I mean, considering no, it's, the it's, it's nothing. They like all the, like, the majority of his uh, signing, all his signing bonus has been paid out by the Cardinals already. Okay. So a team that trades for him, they'll get him for five hundred fifty thousand, six hundred fifty thousand, and seven hundred fifty thousand dollars next three years. Yeah, you gotta you gotta go with that. And then like the last year, if they they exercise the option, it'd be like seventeen million dollars. But they basically a team can get a get one of the best backup quarterbacks uh, for four years and like twenty million dollars. That's insane. So that's the thing is, I can see now why the Cardinals aren't budging on what they want. Well, we don't need to talk about the car. I just thought, I just wanted to, like, speaking of the bucks, <laughs> $550,000. So, anyway, so, they they light up the Eagles week two, and that's against Nick Foles and that incredibly boring Eagles offense. Mm-hmm. Um, the, Unfortunately boring. And the Buccaneers are 2-0, and and like a gift from God, the Bucks' next game is going to be on Monday Night Football, Against the Steelers, and the league's just like Roger Goodell's just fist pumping in the office, but he's like doing it real slow and methodical, and <laughs> only when the owners tell him to tell him how you know tell himself how smart he is. No, <laughs> he doesn't need to. He he knows how smart he is. <laughs> <laughs> so so you uh, end up uh, hosting the Steelers on Monday Night Football, and this is where everyone's like, you know, the the, the true test for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And uh, you remember that Monday Night game, don't you? Very well. Oh man! I was, mean, it was some of the most overthrown footballs I've ever seen. I, my son doesn't throw footballs <laughs> like Ryan Fitzpatrick does. Oh, so the first two weeks of the season, he's thrown eight touchdowns, and one interception, and like, uh, <laughs> like uh, you expect. I don't. I don't watch Game of Thrones, but like you expect betrayal from Game of Thrones. Old old Fitzpatrick comes like, comes through for you, baby. When you want. You're waiting to be like, oh, there's there's that that little schmuck. <laughs> and at this point, too, the Steelers' defense really hadn't shown. Like, I, I can't remember what we were basically expecting was like another offensive explosion from Fitzpatrick because he wasn't facing like this formidable defense. Yeah. And it turned into just he looked like he was playing the '85 Bears. Well, it was the, the Steelers in the first get half. Off, the Steelers get off to a to a you know a big lead, and Fitzpatrick leads the Bucks back. He in this game he throws for three touchdowns, three interceptions, thirty for fifty three passing the ball, and like you know obviously the the Bucks couldn't couldn't run the ball to save their life. They end up they finished with sixty three yards rushing in this game, and uh, the Steelers end up winning. You know, and like everyone else, like oh darn it, <laughs> that, that could have been fun. <laughs> oh, and this is it. like so Ryan Fitzpatrick because I remember in two thousand eleven. The Bills started off two and zero, and they were facing the Patriots at home. And you know the Fitzpatrick beats the beats the Bill or beats the Patriots, and they start the season three and zero. And at this point, the Lions and the Bills were both three and zero. It's like Lions Bills Super Bowl, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cabin fever. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so okay. So after that. Um, we, we're so, we don't really know. It's like a relationship where you just, you don't really know what to expect from this person that's been so mediocre over you know the course of 
your uh, companionship. So the Bucks are two and one, and they head into Chicago week four. I picked the Bucks. <laughs> I, I did. I picked the Bucks this game. And uh, 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 like <laughs> poetry in motion, baby. Fitzpatrick goes in there and he gets swallowed up <laughs> by the Bears defense. It was. I almost had to shield my family's eyes because, like, oh, this, this isn't. This is too hot for television. You can't watch a. <laughs> you can't watch a man get right. beaten up like this. Ryan Fitzpatrick got one. First down in this game. Mm-hmm. He was nine for eighteen. He was sacked a whole bunch of times. He only threw for one interception. And then obviously obviously the Bucks decided to go with Jameis Winston in this game, which shows you they were they were never they knew what they had. Ryan Fitzpatrick, they were just waiting for waiting for the the ship to dock, if you if you will. <laughs> the, Bear, the Bears decided to go with 2011 Tom Brady. Mr. Trubisky <laughs> threw for six touchdowns this game. Oh yeah, that was yeah. That, that, that's really the story of the you know Bucks season. Like they had this great high-powered offense at times. You know, with all those great receivers and everything. And but they didn't have a running game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peyton Barber. Had, only ran for over 100 yards one time this season. This season, and uh, only re- he finished for like 800 yards, which is really bad. And uh, so the Bucks were in a situation where they were turning the ball over like crazy, and they're putting their defense in a horrible position, and they're getting gashed on the ground, getting lit up. They're turning the ball over all the time. They're dead last in interceptions, dead last in giveaways, dead last, in, dead last in turnover margin, and. Uh, and they're out there with Jameis Winston trying to compete against famous Jameis. Yeah, they're out there trying to compete in Chicago against this, you know, Bears defense. It was they ended up losing this game forty-eight to ten, and it was. I think we both had the Bucks in that game. Actually, I'm thinking, man. Did I, did I have the Bucks or the Bears? I can't remember. I can't remember. But we basically actually thought the Bucks had a chance. Yeah, I actually I, th- I don't remember, but yeah, so. That was the the Bucks started the season off two and two and like just perfect like they the first two games were like all time great offense and then Pittsburgh is like yeah maybe we will maybe we won't and then we go to Chicago and it's like yeah we won't <laughs> <laughs> so they go into the bye week two and two they come out of it they uh, they lose week five to the Falcons on the road another game where they uh, put up a lot of put up a lot of points put up a lot of numbers. Jameis Winston has 345 passing yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions, of course, and they lose to Matt Ryan, who was brilliant like he was all season. Mm-hmm. Week six, the Buccaneers face the Browns at home, and uh, Jameis Winston once again. And if you notice, it's like every single game, Jameis Winston is throwing for like 40-plus pass, like 41, 52 attempts, 35. Oh, the attempts, yes. Yeah. like and Ridiculous. So, so you have yeah, you have your quarterback out there just – Throwing the ball every single every single play just become predictable on offense, but they beat the Browns week week uh, week seven to improve to three and three. So at this point, the Bucks you know they're still very much alive for the uh, for a wild card spot, but you know without with a defense that was, that's terrible and no running game and counting on Mike Evans to catch thirteen balls a game, mm-hmm. you know. Um, <laughs> It was not going to happen, and it's not healthy anyway. So uh, we they lose to the Bengals week eight, 37 to 34. They lose to the Panthers, 42 to 28. Are you noticing a trend here? A little bit. Yeah, so um, let's see here. That's week five, six, seven, eight. Five. So 
Um, at one point, Jameis Winston goes down with an injury, and they go back to back, <sighs> to, the, back to the Magic Baby. They bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's like you thought you ran out of beer, and then you go in the fridge, like, oh, there's another one. Yeah, and he week eight, nine, and ten, or the, I guess it's nine, ten, and eleven since they had a bye week, but they had this. Ryan Fitzpatrick had a three game stretch where he he was just a miracle. So uh, eighth game of the season, those. Two for 243 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. Mm-hmm. Next game, 406 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. Think about that, 406 yards, zero touchdowns. I think that was the game that they gained the most offensive yardage without scoring an offensive touchdown. Yeah. Well, they In NFL history? That was against the Panthers. Week nine against the Redskins, he uh, throws for 406 yards. Two, two intercepts, 406 yards, three points. Three freaking points off 400 yards. Unbelievable. Yes. He's, yes. A, he's a miracle. And then they lose the Giants 38 to 35, and Brian Fitzpatrick gets outdueled by the statue that is Eli Manning. So uh, at this point, their season's kind of lost. They're three and seven. They know they're not going anywhere. They're going with Jameis Winston to see what, see what he can do. And uh, they're having issues with Deshaun Jackson. They're, uh, oh, you remember against the Falcons in Atlanta where they had that kind of cuckoo play that almost went for a touchdown? That mm-hmm. Oh, man. Talk about – That was – what was that, week? Week five. Five? I we, it, was week, it was week six. Okay. Um, but talk about – like they get, the, they get that touchdown. Assuming they beat the Browns the next week, they'd be four and two. How much different is their season, like having scored on that? crazy cuckoo play dude. going on the road getting a divisional win dude oh my gosh so, do you think they could have probably would that have changed your, would that was change their season yeah because at, at that point they would have had they would have beat the saints in new orleans the falcons in atlanta and like yeah so they the good stuff so anyway three and seven they're you know they not you know peyton barber at running backs averaging like 50 yards a game their defense is terrible. They're uh, they're turning the ball over like crazy. Dirk Cutter is a uh, basically oh. just the dead man walking. It's awful. Like, you feel so bad for that guy. It's like, do you? <laughs> it's like, man. It's like, how? What do you do when your defense is literally dead last in the NFL and you you can't stop? You know, you, do you? You, you couldn't stop like you know if the in ninety in the ninety three Cowboys shoot suited up they'd walk them down the field on you. Emmitt Smith would be breaking tackles like crazy. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were dead last, thirty second in defensive DVOA this year. You know how much I like DVOA. I uh, <laughs> I can't believe it. I'm surprised you haven't got a tattoo yet. Um, that thing you're holding in your hand, um, it's getting ready. Uh, well, don't you want me to look stuff up? Go up the old. Uh, <laughs> So, <laughs> so, so if I were to tell you, so the Buccaneers were dead last in opponents' completion percentage. You want to guess what they com- they allowed on defense against opposing quarterbacks? Dead last opponents' completion percentage. Yeah. What? Yeah. I'm going to guess since like the gold standard right now in the NFL is 70%, it's going to be in the 70 percentile. Hmm. 72.4% <laughs> they allowed. They allow the opposing quarterbacks to complete 72.4% of that passes. Think about that. 72? 72.4%. Think about that. Oh think about gosh. it. Just oh, think about just it. Just think about it. So, uh, the de- <laughs> elite, you're an elite passer if you play against the, the, the Buccaneers. Yes, exactly. Bingo. And the 24th in penalty yards, this team just had no discipline. They, you know, turned the ball over like crazy and, uh, 
just interceptions, fumbles. Ryan Fitzpatrick's fumbling the ball. James Winston's fumbling the ball. He's how does he have a no, how does he have time to fumble? He's already thrown interceptions. Yeah, he's like, well, you know, he, it's like he those two touchdowns. Oh, let's throw so a crushing interception, a, a heart wrenching interception at the end of the game. You know, to to quell any uh, ideas of a of a, exactly. a of a safe season. So. <laughs> Um, so yeah, they're three and seven. They win. They win two games in a row. They beat the 49ers and they beat the Panthers, both games at home. But they and they would go on and lose their last four games. Um, they so they they go with Jameis Winston, and the whole thing is they're trying to decide. Mess. They're trying to decide if Jameis Winston is the future at quarterback for them, and uh, he showed signs. I mean, he's always you know, the guy's got incredible talent, mm-hmm. but. Moving forward, James Even Winston. he's like a shapeless – he's like Carmelo Anthony of the NFL. Yeah. And he – I mean, he just doesn't – you know, he – not accurate, but he makes some the most incredible throws you've ever seen. It's like Cam Newton. But um, so moving forward, the Buccaneers decided to stay with Jameis Winston. They continued to play him despite the fact that he <laughs> – you know the whole is the whole situation where if he got hurt there that contract became like guaranteed and they still let him go out there and play which is like okay he's going to start next year so they fired dirt cutter after the season's over they finished the season 5 and 11 they cut him what <laughs> dirt cutter oh yeah <laughs> yep sure did so anyway uh <laughs> The the Bucks decide they're going to stick with Jameis Winston, and they are going to try to find somebody to bring in to uh, kind of unlock his potential. And boy, did they get a winner! They got Bruce Arians, the man uh, behind the success of Andrew Luck, and uh, Carson Palmer at 38 years old. There's still people in Indiana that say Chuck Pagano was a great guy. He coached the team that first season to 11 wins in the playoffs. It's like the other day, I had interaction with somebody I was telling you about. Uh, and we were talking, he was like a, a Colts historian, and he brought up Chuck Pagano, and he was talking about, it. I was like, you know, say what you want about the guy, but man, he, more often than not, he made the right decision. I said, yeah, like, like that fake punt <laughs> <laughs> that I, I, I stood watching, and I just wanted to jump off a cliff. It's like, talk about helpless. Yeah. But, so, and now Bruce. he's, now he's the defensive coordinator for the Bears, and it's just a matter of time before he's. Ah, I forgot to bring that up. It's just a matter of time before he's coaching the Bears again. That's why I'm taking the under. Mm-hmm. So the Buccaneers finished five and eleven. They go. They hire Bruce Arians, fire Dirk Cutter. Bruce they, Juice. Um, they're going to go with Jameis Winston moving forward. He's got. They picked up the option on his contract, so he's going to be getting paid a lot of money next year. But the Bucks um, have a lot of a lot of issues. They d- defensively, they're not very good. Um, they need to find a running game and. The offensive line is, you know, is putrid. It's terrible. You don't need an offensive line with Bruce Juice. With Bruce Juice, yeah. But one thing I'll say, Bruce Arians, he'll, he'll get that, that turnover issue. He'll get that fixed. They were dead last in turnovers. They're not going to be dead last again you know, next year. They'll be – he'll get that improved. And if he can make Jameis Winston efficient, how good can the Buccaneers be? Um, with Mike Evans. More than six and a half wins a season. I'll yeah. tell you that right now. Now, the Adam Humphreys, they lost Adam Humphreys, who was like – just a great little slippery slot receiver, and uh, uh, they you know they lost him to the Titans, and but they have a couple of solid uh, receivers. Mike Evans, they got a 
OJ Howard at tight end. Still got OJ Howard. They have another tight end. I can't think of his name right now. They, they, their tight end game is strong. Yep. They they got to get better along the offensive line. There's a lot of – right now, Gerald McCoy is kind of their big chief on defense. He's mm-hmm. a big defensive tackle. And there's a lot of rumors right now that the Bucks are going to cut Gerald McCoy, save that because he's making like $13 million a year, uh-huh. save that money, draft Quinnen Williams out of Alabama, who basically does what Gerald McCoy does and start building defense around him. Hmm. And man, that's what I hate about this cap space and everything else. And it's just like the cap hits. It's you have the these guys that are so talented, like a guy like Gerald McCoy, and he's been with your team since you drafted him. And rather than utilize and capitalize on his potential and his talent, um, you cut him and that benefits you in the long run. What what don't you like about that? I don't know. I just like to say a bunch of stuff to sound smart. <laughs> I mean, like, like I just don't like the fact that they can't afford to keep Gerald McCoy. But why would you want to? If you could get a guy like Quentin Williams, who <clears throat> is he, he produced all year long at Alabama. He was the guy that Kyler Murray and Oklahoma could not figure out, and you know uh, mm-hmm. whatever that stupid ball game was. <laughs> and you get a guy in there who's gonna equal his production if not surpass it for far cheaper he's younger less like why would you not want to do that you don't and, understand I, I don't think you understand what i'm saying i'm saying like the nfl is a multi-billion dollar non-profit business and uh you know the fact that they can't afford to keep Joe mccoy and draft this guy and pay him and just build like this huge awesome well i mean you want i I'm not sure Bruce Arians runs the three four or the four three, but um, if you run the you you don't need two defensive tackles in a three four scheme. You need a nose tackle, which is what Quinn Williams would provide. So I think Quinn Williams is so talented he could probably play deep safety. <laughs> deep safety. <laughs> oh, I I hear what you're saying. You're going to get us killed. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm looking at uh, Jameis Winston last five games of the season. Listen to these numbers. Mm-hmm. So he finished the last five games with nine touchdowns, mm-hmm. three interceptions. Not really great completion percentage, like 59%. You. But, yeah, so the last five games of the season, he played much better. He took care of the ball, didn't turn the ball over. And, you know, I'm he to showed uh, – Shown signs of the quarterback that the Bucks think he can be. Now, is this something that he's going to be able to put it all together, or is he just, you know, are we just going to continue to see? He's like, I'm trying to think of an equivalent equivalency, but uh, do you have any faith in the guy? Like, no. Okay, a 16 game. I mean, with Bruce Arians, I could see him. I mean, would you be surprised if he put together a a great 16 game season where they go 10 and six and make it to the playoffs? Because I wouldn't. Would I be surprised? Yeah. No, not at all. But like. Season number two with Bruce Juice and Jamius, I can see him like you know having a seven and nine season. <laughs> Bruce Juice, so uh, that's his name. So yeah, <laughs> that's his name. <laughs> so yeah, the Buccaneers' uh, story, you know, they started off with so so much flair and it was so much fun, but eventually, uh, yeah, what they say like Cinderella, like you have the Cinderella story, but eventually, 
her curfew comes due or whatever. However, mm-hmm. all that, that stupid pun goes. <laughs> yeah, something about glass slippers and pumpkins and talking mice. But long story short, they came in like lions and went out like lambs. Mm-hmm. Losing like, interceptions, lamp, throwing lambs. Not only that, but they uh, were also dead last in uh, opponent's red zone percentage. So if a team got anywhere, if they sniffed the red zone, they were they were getting in, baby. <laughs> Except against the Texans. <laughs> <laughs> So that was the Buccaneers season. They finished the year, like we said, five and eleven. They picked fifth in the draft this year. They have virtually no salary cap space, which is why you want to cut Joe McCoy. But they have pieces in place on offense if they can just get a solid quarterback play from Jameis Winston, consistent quarterback play, mm-hmm. a sixteen game season, stay healthy, and uh, the Bucks could be in business. But more likely than not, no, they won't because they're in a division with. You know, three teams that have all had better quarterbacks, and yeah, um, especially I, I'm big on the Falcons, man. I think they have a huge bounce back here, but the Buccaneers are well, the Buccaneers are in rebuilding mode. I think Bruce Arians takes this season to kind of uh, take a look what he has, and it's all about what J- Jameis Winston. It's all about the quarterback position for Bruce Arians. So I think this this season's about what he has with him, deciding if they want to commit to him long term, and if, and uh, I think if. Bruce Aaron, they you know if they halfway through the season decide that they don't you know Jameis Winston's not the guy I can see them just benching him you know and going with whatever guy's gonna get you a draft pick you know <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> do you think do you think he has it in him to uh, Buccaneers trade deadline trade for Nathan Peterman yeah but do you think he has it in him to uh, to tank because he seems like the kind of guy that'd be like anti tanker I, I don't consider it tanking I consider it evaluating. <laughs> Yes. So it's you know he's a, he evaluates with the best of them, but maybe not. Maybe he's gonna he's gonna wear that cool toboggan in there and just light up Tampa Bay. So let's right. move on to the New Orleans Saints, my friend. I can't wait. The team that uh, the Buccaneers shredded Week One, Saints season obviously did not get off to a very good start. They lose to Drew Brees gets outdueled by Ryan Fitzpatrick, which. Uh, Drew Brees is never going to live down. I think he will. I mean, it's two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's only to find my notes here. So, Drew Brees. Uh, Check out these notes. So, Drew Brees had a had himself. Uh, Check out these notes. Had himself quite the season. So, My man with notes. Are you done? Monster notes. <laughs> <laughs> so, if I told you that he started the season off with 29 touchdowns and two interceptions, would you believe it? Horse hockey. You're talking about Aaron Rodgers, sir. I'm talking about Drew Brees, my friend. 29 touchdowns, two interceptions to start the season. First, okay. first 10 games. Quite nasty. So, like I said, the Buccaneers uh, beat the Saints week one, and then the Saints, uh, they bounce back from that. They take on the Browns in week two. Now, this was a uh, surprisingly fun, <laughs> fun game. Yes. Tyrod Taylor, not Baker Mayfield. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, the Brown- but, but Baker Mayfield is watching from the bench and learning. Yeah, he's <laughs> 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 learning, lear- learning how to how, how not to not to win. So the Saints um, Browns week two, the Saints win twenty one to eighteen. But boy, this game was close, and the Browns had every opportunity with Tyrod Taylor to uh, steal this game in New Orleans. And it's like the New Orleans Saints are going to start the season off zero and two against yeah. the. Gosh darn Buccaneers and the Browns. Like in, in all seriousness, they they yeah, 
So, but they uh, were able to sneak out a win week two. Um, Unfair. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Drew Brees week one had 439 passing yards, three touchdowns, 82.2% completion percentage, and he lost to Ryan Fitzpatrick again. I cannot emphasize that enough. That's right. Week two, uh, uh, you know, he had uh, 80% completion percentage, 243 yards, two touchdowns. So pretty pretty good numbers week two against uh, against the Browns, but the Browns damn near beat them, and that was that was like holy crap. So week three, they go into Atlanta and take on the Falcons which became one of the best games all year long. This game I actually predicted going in overtime, if you remember. I'm, I'm thinking I'm getting this game confused with the game later in the season <laughs> in Atlanta that they – go ahead, go ahead. So, no, this, this game was in Atlanta. So, the Saints and Falcons put on a barn burner week three. The Saints came out on top 43-37 in overtime. This was the infamous uh, Drew Brees – you know, breaking tackles. You know, when mm-hmm. defensive, you know, defensive players are pulling up. You know, not get, not want to get flagged. Yes. Drew Brees ends up stumbling his way into the end zone for a touchdown, but they they go out there and they Drew Brees and Matt Ryan have this classic back and forth. Uh, the Saints end up put up, the Saints put up more than 500 yards total offense in that game against the Falcons. Falcons defense at this point starting to fall apart, you know, with the injuries Deion Jones and and all and Grady Jarrett and all of them. But they lose, you know, they, they I'm sorry, the Saints win week 3 this crazy like overtime game against the Falcons and this is where they really started to take off. So um what what are your thoughts about that week 3? Do you remember anything about? Like, I don't remember it a whole lot. Yeah, what, what? Give me some of the numbers from it. Give um, me Drew, the final score. Uh, it was forty-three thirty-seven in overtime. Uh, Five hundred thirty-four yards total offense for the Saints. Three hundred ninety-one yards passing. One hundred forty-three yards rushing. The Saints were seven for fourteen on third downs, which is pretty <coughs> spectacular. Alvin Kamara on the season had fourteen rushing touchdowns, five receiving touchdowns. He had like uh, nine hundred something yards rushing, and he had uh, eighty something receptions. This yeah. guy, Alvin Kamara is a superstar and just had this monster year. And uh, like I said, the, the week three was the game that Drew Brees had that phantom <laughs> broke tackle that yeah. you know, embarrass, embarrass the world. So Yeah. So after this, the Saints go on a bit of a run. They uh, go into New York week four, uh, beat up the Giants. As they should. As they should. And, uh, you know, this was a you know an Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram game. They end up having almost 200 yards rushing on uh, – Drew Brees only threw for one touchdown in that game. Oh, I'm sorry. He didn't throw for any more. Yeah, I'm sorry. He didn't throw for any touchdowns in that game against the Giants. And he actually had a pretty mediocre game, and they just ran the ball all over the Giants. And one of the things about that is, too, it's like, was this the game where – one of those games where Saquon Barkley showed his amazing potential numbers-wise? Um, well, yeah, he had a – He had a deep, like a 55-yard – they, Bust. Yeah, I mean, he had a he had a decent game, but it was it was one of those deals where he only ended up with like twelve rushing attempts because they were you know down two touchdowns like right by you know three minutes to go in the yes. first quarter. So, but week five, this was this was the good stuff. So on Monday Night Football, the Saints host the Redskins, the Washington Redskins, the night that Drew Brees sets the all time passing yards record. Yes, and they obliterate the Redskins. This was a game where I think we had it wrong. We were like, "Oh, of course, of course." <laughs> Why didn't we yeah. know? <laughs> so Drew Brees throws for three hundred forty-nine yards 
in this game against the against the Redskins. He has three touchdowns, no interceptions. He completes 26 out of 29 passes. Just has this incredible performance. And uh, they go into the bye week after this, but it's like, okay, Drew Brees is on a hell of a run here. The Saints are 4-1. and one. Drew Brees, uh, at this point in the season, has 11 touchdowns, zero interceptions, and he's kind of the, the front-runner for MVP at this point. Well, him and Mahomes are the front-runners for MVP. And we were both cheering, come on, come on, Drew! Yeah, like I said, you know, only us boilers know. <laughs> Shut up. So Shut up! <laughs> and they, you know, uh, now, obviously the Saints season was – they were they were somewhat lucky, you know. They obviously the Browns game, the Falcons game needed a little luck. We in week seven against the Ravens, boy did they get lucky. You know what I'm talking about? Week seven. Week seven against the Ravens. Man, I was I just wasn't thinking about the Saints very much, was I? They do you do you know what I'm talking about? I'm trying to remember. The Ra- I'll give you a hint. The Ravens lost by one point. <laughs> <laughs> poor poor Justin Tucker. <laughs> Justin Tucker yes. misses his first ever extra point. Joe Flacco leads a touchdown drive. The end of the game against the Saints in Baltimore to uh, you know get a what should have been a game tying touchdown late in the fourth, and Justin Tucker comes in misses the extra point. The Saints get a gift from God, end up winning uh, in Baltimore a huge road game, huge road win, and this was a big this is a very pivotal pivotal part of their season because they were playing they were uh, in going to Baltimore going to Minnesota hosting the Rams, and then going to Cincinnati. So I remember at this point in the season, people were kind of like, oh, if you can go two and two, you'd be happy. Can, I just, oh, man, Justin Tucker missing an extra point. <laughs> yeah, it was, no, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and you know, Drew Brees, he struggled against the Ravens that game. He only had 205 yards passing. But what was so impressive about this is that the Saints were 5-1 and one now. Then they go to Minnesota. They beat the Vikings 30-20. to 20. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the, you know, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins specials, you know. Yes. His, his specialties. It's like, oh, man. Lord mercy. He makes a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> are we, are we uh, do we sell our, our Kirk Cousins stock? Mm, no, because I think that he, uh, the Vikings offensive line wasn't very good. And. He, I mean, he he can't carry a team. He's got to, you know, he needs help, and he's not going to just, you know, he can he can seal the deal when given the opportunity, but he's not someone who's going to go out there and just carry a team. And and he's a guy who, when he has to carry a team, he's going to do it for most of the game, and he's going to fumble on the last drive. That's a joke. <laughs> so week, so week nine comes the uh, kind of the, you know, classic. Uh, a, a, a NFC showdown with the Rams at home. Yes. So at this point, the Rams and the Saints are clearly the class of the NFC. This was obviously w- would become a uh, this would foreshadow the NFC championship game. The Saints in this game. Against I love the, some foreshadowing, dude. Yeah, foreshadowing, baby. It's a good. It's a good stuff. So in this game against the Rams, the uh, the Saints offensively were just incredible. They won the game forty-five to thirty-five. Uh, at this point, it was like the Saints are firmly the favorites to come out of the NFC. They put up uh, 487 yards of total offense against the against the Rams at home, and like I said, they they really outplayed the Rams in this game, and they you know showed the world that like look they're they're for real. And uh, you have Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram running all over the Rams like. You know, I don't know if you remember that game or not, but the Rams just could not stop the rushing attack of the Saints. And then no. Drew Brees is a freaking surgeon. No, but that's the whole thing was 
um, that game we were talking about, you, you just mentioned, like, couldn't stop the run game. Like, you had all that talent on defense, and uh, I can't think of the coach's name right now, the Rams. Sean, Sean McVay. McVay could not couldn't put it together, and Wade Phillips couldn't put it together either. Yeah, and Cameron Jordan of the Saints, he had uh, 12 and a half sacks on the year, had a huge year. The Saints were tremendous against the run. They, they In this game, they shut down Todd Gurley. They were uh, just they were great against the run all year long, one of the best teams um, just in general. Uh, stopping – let me see here. Yeah, I just lost my, my train of thought here. So, yeah, but they uh, – yeah, number two in the league in uh, yards per carry, so our, our opposing, opponents' yards per carry. So, at this point in the season, they are seven to one. They yes. have a firm grasp on the uh, number one seed in the NFC. And the next uh, three games, the Saints go on a tear. They beat the Bengals fifty-one to fourteen in Cincinnati. They beat the Eagles forty-eight to seven at home. And then they beat the Falcons 31 to 17 at home. Drew Brees is on fire. Um, man, this was. Uh, do you remember this part of the season when they were. Uh, like, yeah, just all out. Like, a, a, a weapon, like a super weapon. Yeah, 11, everything was working. 11 touchdowns, one interception in this three game stretch. This is where the, the Saints really peaked, in my opinion. Um, because after this, obviously, they had the Thursday night game against the Cowboys in Dallas yes. where they go into Dallas. You know, Dallas had made a deal for Amari Cooper, and Dak Prescott was playing a lot better. The Cowboys' defense was was quite nasty. and That was the most surprising game. Like, it's like, is Jason Garrett coaching this team? Yeah, well, <laughs> and not only that, but you have the Cowboys' defense just Beating, and like the Saints' offensive line had been great all year long, yeah. like, and they just were getting beat up by that Cowboys defense. They just uh, adjusted line yards for the Saints. They were second in the NFL. They, um, I mean, and obviously their center retired after the season, so that's a hole they're gonna have to fill. But tremendous offensive line. Drew Brees got all the time in the world. They got Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, this kind of lightning and thunder mm-hmm. running back duo, and they go into Dallas and they can't get a first down. They they get absolutely destroyed and i remember watching that game as i was actually in a nursing home with my buddy watching it and it's like holy can drew Brees do anything and i remember uh, you didn't tell me that how the game ended it's like <laughs> i stayed up three hours to watch this garbage <laughs> it, that's the thing is but i did you not like how it was just an old school slugfest like yeah defense won the game yeah and i reminded me in 2009 when the saints started out the year 11 and 0 uh, Tony Romo goes in uh, New Orleans at the end of the year and you know, beats the Saints in New Orleans and it's like, oh, the Cowboys do it, <laughs> they done it again. They need eat. So they lose to the Cowboys and from here on out, the Saints were not the were not the same team. They they beat the Buccaneers twenty eight to fourteen, but that was a game where the Buccaneers, real you know, they, if you remember, they led most of the game and the Saints ended up, you know, getting a touchdown late and then getting yes. a, getting a pick. They um, week fifteen against the Panthers, they win twelve to nine. That was that snooze fest. They they host the Steelers at home in uh, week sixteen, where they were gifted all sorts of terrible pass interference calls. Oh, gifted! Listen they, to the guy. They were. I mean, they were. I mean, you know, you you know me. I love to see the Steelers get screwed, but <laughs> but they were. I mean, and they barely beat the Steelers, and the Steelers outplayed them that game, and they they still were able to come away with a win. Mm-hmm. Which 
you know, they gave up uh, 430 yards total, you know, they gave 430 yards on defense. Ben Osper outplays Drew Brees, but they're still able to come away with a win. And um, by this point, they had clinched number one, the number one seed in the NFC. The last week of the year, they lose to the Panthers 33-14 to in a completely meaningless game that meant absolutely nothing. Completely meaningless game. And then they go to the postseason. So at this point, Drew Brees, uh, him and Patrick Mahomes were really the front runners for MVP all year long. Patrick Mahomes is putting up stupid, you know, <laughs> video game numbers. Wasn't it frustrating? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was ridiculous. And uh, Drew Brees on the season, he had 32 touchdowns, 15 or, or 32 touchdowns, five interceptions. So he had a. Uh, he had a, a very efficient year. <laughs> Wasn't that frustrating? <laughs> but so all year long, Drew Brees isn't getting touched. He only, you know, opposing defenses basically only averaged uh, slightly over one sack per game. Yeah. But against the Eagles and the Rams, both games, he got sacked twice and got hit several more times. I think that's what the same, like only in the last, I mean, how many, what would you say is the quarterback hits? numbers have started being taken into effect or into account. What do you mean? Well, obviously we talk about the sacks and how like valuable they are and like a guy can get a huge contract based on double sack seasons and stuff, but um just getting quarterback hits is such a huge deal. Oh yeah, and when and when you're, you know, Drew Brees is like 5'10 and when you're getting pressure up the middle like, you know, teams are trying to do. That's what the Rams, that's why they won that game. They're in his face, and you know his physical limitations have made it difficult for him to be able to com- complete passes and move mm. the ball. So the Saints end up going to the postseason, where they uh, they get a first round bye. They end up hosting the Philadelphia Eagles in the in the uh, divisional round, where they they beat the Eagles twenty to fourteen. But Nick Foles, darn near. You know, leads a comeback in the end of the game and beats Nick flipping full. Yeah, they're they're driving down the end of the game and was it a did he throw an interception? Was it a fumble or Nick Foles? Yeah, they were driving. the The Eagles had the ball inside the you know on the on. Oh, I think it was a I think it was a pick. Yeah, they they had the ball inside the you know on the, on the Saints uh, side of the field. And they were driving to score a touchdown to win the game mm-hmm. and rip the heart out of New Orleans. And Nick Foles ended up, those, ended up throwing a pick, and the Saints got out by the skin of their teeth. But at this, <laughs> at this point, it's like this Saints team is not – and they're not the same team. They're not – No. They're, they don't have that nasty streak. And they you just saw that they peaked, you know, midway through the season with those, you know, video game offenses of theirs. And – Obviously, you know Michael Thomas had this huge year. He had like 125 catches, and now like they're yeah, he's te- a revelation, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Like Alvin Kamara, Ma- Michael Thomas, Mark Ingram. It's the good stuff. And then Mark Ingram go. Who's he with now? Mark Ingram, the Ravens. That's right. So um, they so they beat the Eagles. They move on to the NFC Championship game at home, where they would host the Los Angeles Rams, a rematch of their Week Eight matchup, and. uh Boy, oh boy, <laughs> talk about controversy. So <laughs> the Saints and Rams go back and forth all game long. The The Saints are outplaying the Rams, but the, you know, the Rams are staying alive. You know, they – Todd Gurley at this point is not, is not playing. They're out with C.J. Anderson. And, you know, Jared Goff's not doing anything spectacular, but the Rams' defense is handling the Saints' offense. Mm-hmm. So 
obviously late in the game, the Saints have the ball, third down, chance to ice the game. They go deep, and the Rams, uh, who was it? Lamarcus Joyner? I think it was Lamarcus Joyner. Or Bradley, was it, Bradley Roby? I think it was Lamarcus. Oh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Lamarcus Joyner. Just, so they kind of got away with a blatant pass interference on uh, – Marcus Joyner against Alvin Kamara, I believe it was. Okay. And uh, just kind of rips him down. The the officials don't make the they don't make the call. The Saints end up giving the ball back to the Rams. The Rams march down the field. You know, send, you know, and uh, end up winning the game on a, on a last second field goal. <laughs> and oh my God, <laughs> did New Orleans go ballistic? Sean Payton goes crazy. He's you know, I know you're not a wrestling fan, but he reminds me of Bret Hart. It's like, you're screwed. I'm screwed. <laughs> and Another reference. So the Saints' entire season just went up in flames due to a like, and the Rams, you know, the Rams on defense handled the Saints in this game. So I don't feel like the Saints deserve to win. But man, was that a bad pass interference call? Or not? No non, call. No call. Yeah. Absolutely. Did you watch? Well, yeah, yeah, we both we were texting back and forth about uh, it. Oh yeah, I mean, I had the Rams winning that game, so you know, wretched. <laughs> it was like, oh, this is. And looking back on it now, like the Saints win that game, they go on. I think the Saints beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but that's neither here nor there. But for the Saints' season to end the way it did, on basically they, you, you know, you're not, you may never see Drew Brees in that situation ever again. You may never see Sean Payton. And like the whole New Orleans uh, atmosphere, like you may never see that ever again. Yeah. And all, and, and then you have to attach the stigma of a no call to that with the officiating. It's like, oh God, this is not this is not what I like. This is not the good stuff. No, this is not the good stuff. And this is the call or the no call. I think that what propelled this conversation and ultimately this rule change. Yep. So now the uh, now the NFL is doing a one year trial period where they're going to be able to throw the challenge flag on missed pass interference calls. A little, a little too, a little too late. Yeah, it's we'll a little too late. It's a uh, might uh, as well just a suspended Sean Payton for another year. Yeah, it's like uh, trying to think of a good analogy, like with a with a girlfriend. Let's see what <laughs> she embarrasses you in front of your friends and she apologizes to you. It's like, oh, <laughs> too late. You uh, you done screwed up. <laughs> So the Saints season ends in uh, humiliation and defeat at home in the NFC Championship game. They, uh, the whole sports world talking about how they got screwed. Sean Payton won't shut up about it. And now the NFL changes the rules. The mayor of New Orleans is talking to Roger Goodell. The mayor of New Orleans wrote a letter <laughs> to the you – know, unbelievable – just ridiculous. Like he wanting them to actually restart the game. It's like go oh, jump off a cliff. Yeah. It's let's, like let's play the last minute and thirty seconds or whatever. Grow some bolts. <laughs> yeah, you, you you got lucky once, you know, because the old sleepy eyes wasn't ready for an onside kick. And now exactly. So, all right. Well, that was the Saints' 2018 season. They finished the year uh, 13 and three, and. Um, obviously lost at home to the Rams in the postseason to Sean McVay. You had boy genius. It was, man, it, it was, oh, my gosh, it was so much it was so much fun, especially when, that I had the Rams and you had the Saints. <laughs> so uh, and I wasted a Drew Brees season, another year where he puts up incredible numbers, set passing yards records, and um, so they move on to next season, and they're going to be probably the favorites to to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl this year. So, 
Um, anything else you want to add here to to the Saints? Oh, just one of those things where, like you said, you probably never see Drew Brees in this situation again. I wouldn't count Drew Brees out though; he's ageless. Like he's every- timeless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, Yavin Kamara had a huge year. Mark Ingram had a big year. Like Michael Thomas had a phenomenal year. So, it, you know, the Saints' offense is is set up, but uh, we'll see what kind of a hangover effect there is next season um, for the Saints. So uh, that was the Saints and the Buccaneers 2018 season. We are going to take one last break. We'll come back to wrap up. Um, anything else, Jesse? So far, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we will be right back to wrap up here. Uh, you're listening to the Home Dogs Podcast, coming to you live from the Premier Giant Studios. And we're back. You listen to the Home Dogs podcast. I'm your host, Matt Nicholson, Jesse Dehoff. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. I love this. Uh, like I used to when I worked at Lowe's and I was going to college. I used to get on the mic and be like, um, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, well, you'd be like calling for people over the intercom. I'd be like, um, yeah. <laughs> And it told me not to wish Merry Christmas. So I got on the mic and I wish the entire storm Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry flipping Christmas. So, uh, all right. So you uh, accuse me of not painting pictures <laughs> during the break. I heard you paint houses. Uh, I do paint houses. You remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Jesse, next week, uh, we're going to do a little Bills Dolphins. Mm-hmm. 2018 recap. Yeah, Buffalo Bills. What were you, three for 13 against the spread? <laughs> This this year the Bills were my Waterloo. They, yeah, they gave me so much joy. And Josh Allen was so much fun to watch, and and the Dolphins had that one play against the Patriots. So if the Bills the Bills were um, Roadrunner and I was Wiley Coyote. <laughs> so okay, so moving forward on August twenty or August twenty fifth, April twenty fifth, the uh, first round of the NFL draft will commence. We are going to do a live broadcast here. Um. With yours truly and yours truly's partner, esque. <laughs> We're gonna do a live podcast, uh, do our little uh, a little spiel on the NFL draft, come you know, give our analysis on the picks and all that good stuff. Um, we'll have we are working on getting a couple of guests in here um, in the next couple of weeks. Um, so the NFL draft moving forward, Jesse Kyle Murray, give me a prediction. One week. Going first to Arizona's. No, brother. I hope not. No, I don't think he is. So, um, yeah, they uh, we're at that point where there's not not much news in the NFL. Not much. Uh, we didn't talk about the Colts and Justin Houston. What did you What did you think about the Colts signing him? I love it. Great move. Immense <laughs> well, move. Colts and edge rushers. They go together like freaking sick. P- the, sick the dogs after him. Y'all. So yeah, I'm I'm excited about that. Yep, we got a uh, we got the AFC East to talk about and the NFC East. So after that, we uh, I've been working on the Tebow Mania episode. I, the, one of the greatest times of our lives. Yeah, 2011, the nine. Well, no, they were one four, so they've been an eleven game stretch. Yeah, the good, the greatest uh, two months of my life. So that's what we got coming. Coming for coming uh, here in the future, we're gonna continue to talk about the NFL draft. Moving forward, uh, we're gonna each week we're gonna do a, a special segment on NFL gambling. We'll give you some kind of a look ahead to some kind of prop bets, any kind of bets, you know, <laughs> value. Prop bets are always fun. Yeah. So this week we're talking about the win totals. Uh, 
um, I think next week what we're going to do is we're going to go through and check out the odds on each like player. You know, Kyler Murray's chances of going number one and all that good stuff. That would be hilarious, wouldn't it? Yep. So uh, we will be back next week to talk about the Bills, talk about the Dolphins, see what uh, what kind of rumors are going on with the NFL draft, Kyler Murray, which which teams are spewing what kind of BS and. We, Most of it is. Dogs, we sniff it out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's weird is like these guys, um, you know, all these, all these guys that work for NFL teams. Like they build these relationships. It's like, I mean, how many backs are you stabbing in your career when you're working, you know, professionally for NFL teams? You know. Well, yeah, and all this says is about like the Cardinals. Like, you know, they want to. Uh, like I've heard they, they're bringing in Joey Bosa or Nick Bosa just because they. You know, if they want to draft Kyler Murray, they want to just see if they can get the 49ers to trade up to get the number one pick to get Nick Bosa. Like, that, the, the, those are the rumors. And then the Cardinals saying, no, we're just interested in Nick Bosa. And it's like, oh, I can't take it anymore. Cut it out. But strap all these, all these, you know, general managers up to lie detectors. <laughs> Boy, that'd be a great reality show. That would be there? hilarious. <laughs> John Gruden would just, like, his, the light would just stay red. <laughs> <laughs> John, uh, yeah, he like he, he's a psychopath. He'd be able to pat, you know, beat the lie detectors. Oh, you think so? Yeah. I think I think it'd be one of those things where he's like, "Good morning, good morning, John." He's say, "Good morning." And go beep beep beep. Hey, do, do you know who your quarterback's gonna be next year? He's like, "Absolutely." And he's like, "Beep beep beep beep." <laughs> <laughs> tell the tell, tell the truth. Tell the truth. Oh, cut that out. So, um, yep, we uh, Antonio Brown to the Raiders. Uh, John Gruden, Chucky, Antonio mm-hmm. Brown. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is too, this is <laughs> this is too good. It's not gonna be good. And then it's like a lights, camera, action. Biatch. Yeah. All right. So uh, you've been listening to the Home Dogs podcast once again, coming to you live from the Premier Giant Studios. He's Jesse Dioff. I am Matt Nicholson. We want to thank you for coming along for the ride. Uh, we will be back. Maybe this week. Maybe next week. You don't know. You gotta pay. You gotta <laughs> 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 it's, uh, it's getting late. We're getting punch drunk. Um, Who spiked the punch? Uh, hey, uh, I'm getting I'm getting messaged over here. Oh yeah, my, my ladies, <laughs> my ladies. You'll understand one day, man. When you when, when, you, <laughs> <laughs> when you when you fall in love, <laughs> so, looking for love in all the wrong places. All right. Well, once again, for Jesse Dehoff, I'm Matt Nicholson. We want to thank you for listening to the Home Dogs podcast. We'll be back next week, and. Uh, Follow follow the NFL draft, people. It's 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 a deep draft, and it's a lot of fun. A lot of liars. <laughs> All right, so we'll see you next week, Jesse. Peace. Oh, bye. <laughs> <laughs>